0: cybershock all right welcome to the show everyone uh this is cybershock i am your host i guess <laughs> uh hamish uh and kiwi on twitter and here on twitch uh i wrote this sprawl. uh and above me is me yeah you you're above <laughs> me this was the order we discussed
1: i'm i'm below you in my oh zone,
0: I know. Uh, well you're above <laughs> me on the stream
1: oh no that's okay um, hi, I'm Kira. <laughs> and uh, I'm working on my magnum opus, which is a cyberpunk role playing game called Sync about feelings and relationships feelings. and activism. And um, yeah, you, uh, I think that's all we say. So who's next? <laughs> it's Frizzy.
0: And he's to yeah. your right, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, left on the screen. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: I am Fraser Simons, I wrote The Veil and The Supplement Cascade, I have a blog, consuming cyberpunk.com, and I'm currently writing Hack the Planet, which is a cli-fi cyberpunk uh, mashup.
4: And Hi, I'm Banana, and I am currently publishing a Judge Dredd card game called Block War. Hey.
3: At some Love point, it. we should talk about that some more, because every time you say it, I get really excited. Yeah, <laughs> super
0: excited. Yeah. I just I think like of Carl it. Urban's chin, and I'm like,
4: yes! My excitement's, like, dwindling every day.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a potential topic as well. Like, the, the ups and downs of... Uh, of, of- the publishing cycle <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we can name that, can oh, name that
3: uh, episode how to, how to stay hype <laughs> stay, stay hype
0: yeah um, so people out in, in streamland how is the sound balance between me and everybody else does it sound okay let me know in the chat if it's off uh, I know that for probably the first time you can hear and see everybody well from the start <laughs> of the episode which is well let's not jinx it uh so what are we what are we going to talk about today we're going to talk about the edges right
3: the fringes of cyberpost. fringes right. uh,
0: which is a topic very close to my heart in my um day job i study borders and borderlands and kind of liminal spaces so I think about them a lot from a kind of theoretical perspective. I don't necessarily think about them from a cyberpunk perspective all the time, though. Um, I feel like in the show notes, uh, Fraser has the most, like, written down, so maybe he should start us off with some thoughts <laughs> on on things that you think are, like, at the edge of cyberpunk and interesting Sure, ways.
3: sure. So uh, even though I don't have it on my notes, uh, what – I just did a – The first of a series called Cyberpunk 101, Defining Cyberpunk. And in that article, which I have condensed from a academic essay, uh, that person argues that um, cyberpunk is more defined by a set of particular motifs that are reoccurring within all of the, at least, first wave cyberpunks. And that's kind of what draws it together, even if you can kind of trace... All of these specific motifs and themes to other genres the way that they're assembled and um reinforce the uh, each one to make a solid foundation of what it's trying to explore uh, is the like quote unquote best way at the time to define it however i will put a caveat on that which was i believe this thing was like the original essay although published in cyber beyond cyberpunk uh, which came out just a couple of years ago as an academic book collecting a whole bunch of essays. I'm pretty sure the original essay is old, from what I could read of it. I'm pretty sure it's like ninety six, ninety seven, or something like that. So, so old. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> altered, altered. Well, altered carbon hadn't even come out then, right? So
0: <laughs> I think um, even though the specifics might have changed, I think that idea though of uh, of how you think about like a genre is a good is a good one. It applies to, and I think that applies far beyond just cyberpunk as well. Um, yeah. Because yeah. you know, dystopian futures. Not every dystopian future is a cyberpunk future, yeah. but it's definitely part all, of it, right?
1: Is all cyberpunk dystopian?
0: Is yeah, that that is, big, is... that's a yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I would say originally, yeah, but is that the case anymore? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
3: I think increasingly not the way that people uh-huh. are taking it yeah it seemed like from that person's essay uh, they were arguing more about going into micro spaces um being in technological states is what defines it more than i actually don't even think he talked about Dystopias, all that much, except that it contrasted from Star Trek at the time, where it was like mm-hmm. everything is beautiful in space, it's all white and clean and shit. And cyberpunk was like, nah, the shit dirty unless you're rich.
2: So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, have um, you guys read, um, the f- uh, William Gibson's uh, the Gernsback Continuum? I think no. it's in, no. I
2: think,
0: is that a short story? It, it's a short story, I think it's in Burning <laughs> Chrome. I've
1: I mean, read but
0: it was a very long time. Yeah, maybe it's in uh, it's in Mirror Shades for sure. I think that yeah. was one of the first things he wrote, and it's explicitly kind of this reaction against like that twenty that nineteen sixties. Everything is going to be shiny and cool, like the Jetsons, and there'll be no problems and everything's great. Uh, yeah, but it, kind of rather than the thing he does with Cyberpunk, where he invents this new world where that's not the case, but uh, he takes that and kind of. I don't know, it's, it's weird and hard to describe. This kind of like the protagonist is having these flashes and visions of this weird space, of this perfect space that's flashing into his reality in a kind of strange way that is, I don't know. It, I didn't like it the first time I read it, but when I read it subsequently I did.
2: <laughs> mm.
0: so I'll try and find a reference for that.
3: Yeah. So the if we think of it in terms of like a collection of motifs that reinforce the the core, I really like that a lot because then there's room to insert different motifs and remove them, and um, presumably the author can use these new motifs to um, talk about the same issues and stuff like that. so I thought that was neat um, one the first thing that I could find that kind of was a cyberpunk derivative. I used that loosely because it's still an iteration, but is. Classified as a derivative academically, was Vert. Does any, did anyone read that?
1: No, uh, I've heard of it though.
3: Yeah, it's really weird. I started reading it. And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> it uh, so far, a couple chapters in, is got the same sort of feel where they use a lot of jargon that doesn't exist yet to establish like a counterculture uh, subculture space. And but the weird thing about it is, it's called. Or classified by other people, I don't think at the time it was, but uh, it's called Dream Punk, hmm. so you could think of Inception as kind of the same thing I think, but uh, basically all these drugs are uh, from what I can tell so far anyway encapsulated onto feathers and then people ingest the feathers and that's hmm. how they imbibe this drug and then they take certain different kinds of uh, trips, except that depending on what you're taking, that's what makes the sort of cyberspace environment, the microspace that you're entering. So um, it kind of was the first that I could tell to use the same motifs, except to explore like a different kind of liminal space. And it's written very Britishy, <laughs> So it was hard to understand a little bit. It seems a lot of knowledge about Manchester that I didn't have. Um, <laughs> especially uh, 96 slang Uh, in that it uses like a lot of uh, whatchamacallit gang terminology and stuff that in America people were like what? but that apparently just made them like it even more because it made it even more like uh, foreign and enticing and stuff like that and apparently that uh, series went on for a while and now I actually have the vert um RPG that just came out this year uh, that that is uh, Codex, or not Codex, uh, Cortex Prime. system, And so that'll be my first Cortex game, actually.
0: Is that a third party? Uh,
3: I think it is a a small-time-ish publisher that formed to do it, and it has directly um, whatchamacallit, they have paid the actual author to do parts of it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's like a, it's like an official thing that involves the author, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat, but I've been holding off reading that book, uh, so I could get through the, the original novel at least, but yeah. And, uh, it's similar to Shadowrun. There's different forms of humanoids in it mm-hmm. apparently, but I, I haven't gotten that far, so I don't know if it, if right. that's a later development in the series or what, but, um, that was that's also the the number one thing that people generally message me about when I'm like what are some weird cyberpunk novels you know like <laughs> challenge me and then people like, and I'm like what is like good zoom type yeah so far it's interesting I managed to get a copy fairly cheap I have it on I had it on my watch list for like a little while because uh, it's really hard to get here and one of those books, I don't think I can get on Kindle in Canada, at least. Mm. So, that's was kind of my boundary for it.
1: Was that made in the eighties?
3: It was ninety six, I think, is when it okay. was first published. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a little re- bit. Let me check.
1: Your description of it reminds me of this movie. I can't remember the name of. Um, I think it was like a new wave music movie with like very like soft eighties like new wave aesthetics and like post-punk oh, and but it was like they were in a dream but they were in a club and like it was all like
3: club kids hmm. it's like very... very on point yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: It's, it's very famous i can't it's like like electric dreams or like I can't, it's very famous you would know what i'm talking about but it, uh-huh. i think it, what's
4: I that remember who like, what other movies are similar or, like, directed by the same person? Like
1: It's, like, a, it's a cult hit. It's a standalone thing. Hit. Yeah, it's very, it's, like, I don't know, like, my new wave DJ friend Jody would know exactly what it is, but, like, I don't <laughs> know what it is on the top of my head. I feel but, it. But, yeah, I think that's, like, part of that aesthetic, like, that soft, like, shoegaze new wave, like, thing with, like, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I think somebody said there was some kind of visual adaptation to it. It might even be directly linked. Um, I'm not sure. Also, Matthias in the uh, chat said it's Cypher System, not Cortex, so it's my first Cypher System (laughs) game. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll be interested in that, because that's the Numenera and I I haven't ever played uh, Numenera either, so... Yeah, we'll see, see how it goes it's a very beautiful book too there's lots of uh there's tons of artwork i think it's triple column though and that's just like ugh. <laughs> <Triple> column. <laughs> double column and triple column yeah. i just wish you would
2: die so much but,
0: so uh, yeah. there were a couple of movies that when you were describing that and particularly talking about it like being seen in manchester that i was thinking of and i wonder if these are the same movies that one of these is the movie that you were thinking of kira uh, mm. Is it is it human traffic? No. Or is it twenty four hour party people?
1: No. Oh. Okay. Uh, because those are the,
0: a couple of like nineties rave culture movies. that
1: yeah, those yeah. are more nineties. The one I'm talking about is definitely more eighties. Okay. Like, oh, it see. is a hundred percent eighties. But like, yes, like nineties, like Monster is like the to me the quintessential
3: clip with uh, Macaulay Calkin. <laughs> That's <laughs> so good. It looks like the. Um, book was published in 94 so it'd be uh, around the same time as trouble and her friends and stuff so just about Mm. uh, what two years after post cyberpunk started so it makes sense a reaction to that
1: oh interesting Hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm.
0: although given the way that publishing cycles work yeah it's tricky to to know
3: Yeah. yeah i like how um gibson he when he gave an interview he was like uh, everyone was so shocked when all this cyberpunk started dropping and he's like if you knew what was going on it wasn't shocking at all because we were basically <laughs> all networking communicating with each other we all moved like showed each other our manuscripts and worked on it with one another and then we all oh, just wow. happened to apply to get these things published around the same times and that's why they dropped mm-hmm. re- like within a year to three of each other's stuff <laughs> yeah
0: i'm I've never I've never really kept up with like the short story circuit but i feel like if you like read a lot of short stories and follow like the people who are getting hugo noms for short stories then it's easier to kind of see what's coming because they're all trying these things out before in that sort of format let alone their own little writing circles or knowing each other or what have you yeah
1: yeah the movie's called liquid sky i found it mm. oh,
0: cool.
4: oh I but that's
1: this. actually called it's about aliens an alien creature invades <sighs> new york's punk subculture in its search for an opiate released by the brain during orgasm
4: <laughs> oh, it sounds like a repo man <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is but it's got like these aesthetics like these neon <gasps> punk aesthetics that look oh, very cyberpunk
4: yeah oh i love yeah. these
3: okay yeah, yeah. Years before jeff noon so maybe he was just you know, free basing some stuff and watching Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it
1: could have been the inspiration. Who knows drugs, you know, drugs and neon and music.
3: Yeah, well, as far as I've gotten, which isn't much, they, it starts with a crew trying to do a drug buy that goes wrong, and the police in it is super cool. They're called, oh, I can't remember what they're called. I think they're called the like, ghost police or something like that, but you literally can't see them And when they're starting to look for you, it's got like, um, they have like searchlights that go over you because some people exist in like different spaces and stuff like Hmm. that. The aesthetic of what is described is very cool. And then uh, everything is described in a sort of like fear and loathing in Las Vegas way where it's all very like trippy and weird and Hmm. stuff like that. Like they have somebody doing some kind of drug uh which is referred to as the creature from outer space uh
2: continually <laughs>
3: wow. yeah and when they try to offload um this drug to get into their flat or whatever they have to carry the creature from outer space up these stairs the lights go out and now there's like um, these dream snakes that when the lights yeah. go out they can like attack you or something and it's be- and it's sort of alluded to that these snakes uh kind of are pushed out from the dream space as the like garbage of that space or something like that (laughs) and can like attack you so that's
1: such a drug thing you see (laughs) see snakes when you do some hallucinogens or whatever (laughs) mushrooms
3: yeah so so far i'm just like this is interesting but i have no idea what's going on
0: (laughs) 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 so do you think it's cyberpunk and if not like where or how does it relate to that to the edge thing uh
3: so far it definitely has the punk aesthetic but Mm -hmm. i haven't seen any high-tech stuff Mm -hmm. whatsoever beyond the sort of whatever the police might be using with Mm -hmm. their technology but it's hard to know if it's technology or if it's like some sort of hallucinogen where this guy is interpreting the police to look in that way Mm -hmm. uh like or or if they actually do have these cool technology where they're ghosting around with spotlights and shit like that. It's hard to say. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: But oh, the sorry. park aesthetic is super there.
0: <laughs> interesting. Yeah, because I, I mean, sometimes, like, when when the novel's starting or whatever, you don't really know what all the implications of a thing are and w- whether it's going to be technological or whether it's going to turn out to be magical or something like that. That's interesting. Yeah yeah i gotta say that drugs are one of those things that like is definitely like at the core of cyberpunk from the beginning but is the last thing i think of (laughs) yeah Uh, why uh probably because i'm not really in drug culture in any way it's never really been part of my like life so i just like there but it occurs frequently enough in cyberpunk stuff that i would legitimately put it at the at the center like the interaction of psychotropic drugs and things that enhance your abilities and all that kind of stuff like is sort of like really early biotech in a way I guess right chemistry bit totally through chemistry kind mm-hmm. of stuff yeah uh, that's, and, that's what yeah. I was going
3: to say biotech and mm-hmm. biopunk seems to clearly have stemmed from there where they were just like okay well we I guess we should stop talking about drugs but also different drugs <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, I always think of drugs as being technology, like prescription mm-hmm. drugs and medical uh, ways that we like. Uh, you know, my partner has type one diabetes, so he lives on insulin. I mm-hmm. always think of that mm-hmm. as a very cyberpunk thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, his body is modified by the drugs. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Totally. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's definitely an example of technology that's mo- that modifies human existence, even if it doesn't yeah. do it in an totally. as yeah. sort of. Even if it doesn't necessarily fit with the usual aesthetic, but when you go to the kind of psychotropic drugs and like hallucinogenics, then all of a sudden it that can very easily become part of the the usual kind of aesthetic, I guess. Totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that I always think of that as being the k-dick realm, though. I, in sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. I hear, I hear that's you. True. Like yeah. I tend I tend to do, even though it definitely still belongs hundred percent in cyberpunk. I don't. Uh-huh. I always preassociate over to
0: yeah okay, okay. like, like <laughs> the, tra- the trailing edge of the 60s and 70s yeah
2: like,
0: yeah right yeah becoming i guess more physical in cyberpunk and then in later things maybe where instead of drugs that modify behavior it'll be like a physical thing in your brain that pokes your neurons in some way to yeah. stimulate I guess, something i
1: guess like the internet was kind of a psychotropic drug though like the concept of the internet like it's like a hallucination a shared hallucination that we can all dive into right
0: i mean that's exactly how gibson described it right cyberspace Mm -hmm. is a shared hallucination yeah
3: a consensual yep yeah there we go (laughs) yeah
4: i mentioned this i don't know if i mentioned this last time but uh i think i talked about i must scream but i have no mouth oh yeah
2: yeah
4: but that's like that's like dystopian that's like super dystopian yeah yeah.
3: Yeah. i think
0: i feel like i sorry what did you say i think you spoke about that on like in our twitter didn't you in our private dms i don't know if you talked about that i don't i don't don't think you talked about on the stream so maybe you should talk about it now
4: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um have any of you read it or heard it
0: or i looked up the wikipedia Uh, page when you brought it up like i'd heard of it but i hadn't read it yeah i
3: i only know why i watched that video on it that you posted so i kind of know the outline of the plot i also know just from being a nerd that uh he he had written it in one day that was like a famous uh thing where he he read it he wrote it overnight and then won some awards for it and everybody Uh, slash his peers were like i fucking hate you
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) yep that's legit
4: it is very like gross and gory (sighs)
0: yeah
4: um but it's like basically uh all of humanity's um been destroyed by the supercomputer and the supercomputer saved like five people and have uh trapped them in this gross dystopian world and um they're, the supercomputer is basically torturing them for its own existence, so that's like the entire story.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's a genre in and of itself, like supercomputer dystopia. Yeah, like, like, mm-hmm. like the the famous scene in um, two thousand and one Space Odyssey with the supercomputer on the spaceship or whatever.
2: What? Sorry, oh. do that
3: Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Terminator, yeah. That's,
1: <laughs> this is quintessential.
3: Yeah. I feel like as soon as peop- one person was like technophobia, people were like, I'm down with that. Yeah. Down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like,
1: what do you know? Computers are scary. <laughs> yeah.
4: But I feel like that's not, like, it's it's a part of cyberpunk, but it's not cyberpunk, right? Because, what are you going to say? Go ahead. Because it's not there isn't like a like it's us against technology. It's not like us against ourselves, if that makes any sense. Like there's no um inequality or anything that's discussed. It's mostly just like anti
0: technology. Is the technology integrated at all into the people, into the surviving humans?
4: Um no. So like have you seen uh I think it was like Lucy or something like that, or she uh, just like oh, yeah. no, has her, these like weird powers and <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. mind melds everything it's uh-huh. like that so that's what the super uh, is like okay
0: yeah. yeah yeah no that's why i didn't see lucy because it did that what's that like myth oh that like put the, the we only use 10 of our brain myth which is like yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was it was one of the worst movies i remember being like oh
3: cool this will be good and then i would like it was one of the first movies where I, I was mm-hmm. like, I know I paid money for this, but I'm not oh, sure if this is no. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's I like, might, Luke, yeah.
1: it's like Luc Besson too, right? Like, yeah. how could yeah. he, how could he fail that heart?
0: I mean, <laughs> I guess maybe that was the first sign. Well, no, it probably wasn't the first sign to be fair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like it drifts into like, a uh, body horror, like, like, there's a genre of cyberpunk that is body horror, like, where the machines are monsters, and the thing about it is that it can invade your body. And, like,
2: mm-hmm. like uh, a lot of
1: Black Mirror is about that, too, mm-hmm. I feel like.
0: Yeah, I mean, that theme of, like, technolo- technology penetrating the body and, like, invading you in various ways is... I think that's pretty cyberpunk. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. part of it. But, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's easy to take that and then do horror. Yeah. And you're not really... Yeah. Talking about society, and I feel like I want Cyberpunk to talk about society in some way.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Was, yeah. Well, that, in particular, was one of the motifs that uh, was prevalent in that, um, that essay that the guy wrote about. And he said a lot of that was in reaction to what uh, sci-fi was was doing at the moment, and he wanted to make it like personal. So yep. that they used tropes from horror to to make it personal and make the reader empathize and be like oh shit this is this could be happening to me right now and Mm -hmm. apparently it really worked (laughs) because people were like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) this this is scary but my favorite cyberpunk is where technology is neutral uh, and it's used on both sides or appropriated (laughs) from one side to the other and then uh the overall um, whatever the actual thing is talking about is is little to do with specifically a kind of technology and more to do with like the human condition and stuff that's my, right that's my favorite um, I, yeah,
0: I like it when it's a tool that is used for oppression that can be subverted by the people who are being oppressed and in the kind yes. of like the streets have their own <laughs> uses for things like anything yeah, that like, can be used yeah. against us can be used for us kind of thing so yeah, yeah. ultimately neutral as you say yeah
3: yeah yeah, and it's definitely a do-it-yourself uh, thing that people people have hit on a lot. Mm-hmm. What are What are some other stuff people were thinking about?
1: Well, what Anna um, you know, just said uh, drifts well into one of mine, which is um, blade. Oh, it's so oh, good! I, mean, I actually just bought the box
0: set of Blade. Yeah. Most
1: of I mean, there's there's definitely
3: a subculture
0: there.
1: So, I love vampires and I love technology. Put the two together, you get Blade. Yeah.
0: In <laughs> underworld, the technology and Blade.
1: think it's definitely cyberpunk because it, it is more like in the horror genre of cyberpunk like the body uh modification part which is one of my favorite parts of cyberpunk obviously but um because you know if you're if you become a vampire you're completely changed and it's vampire technology and then they have all this weird like blood tech that they use like they have high-tech sunscreen so the vampires can go outside and blade has all these cool weapons that he uses to like uh, you know, blow up vampires through fast blood mutation and stuff like that. And like, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's got the the, the cyberpunk gothic aesthetic. It's got like the club scenes and the neon and the cars and the uh, you know um, the cool clothes like t- trench coats, you know, and punk mm-hmm. punk clothing basically. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I think that's a that's a fringe cyberpunk uh, for it's- me. As far as the awesome. aesthetic
0: is concerned, I, like, yeah, I think you're 100% spot on, like,
4: <laughs> that whole, like, just about
0: everything from World of Darkness, for that matter, or, like, the, the vampire part of World of Darkness, anyway, like, has that yeah. kind of same, and the Matrix as well, like, that that it's particular type Matrix. of cyberpunk aesthetic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's cyber goth in particular, which
1: right. is my era <laughs> of cyberpunk. -hmm. And got like, I was going to golf clubs dressing up like a cyberpunk Mm -hmm. during those movies, and like they played the blood rave on the dance floor. That's a good good track, (laughs) (laughs) but um, you know, classic cheesy stuff. But also, the cool thing about Blade is that it stars what's the snakes, stars a black man, right? Mm -hmm. And he is fighting an oppressive regime, Mm -hmm. like, he. He is a cyberpunk hero uh in a lot of ways he's just doing it like lots of guns and violence as opposed to necessarily he uses some technology but it's mostly like his his vampire powers i guess that get him through get him through things most of the time Mm
2: -hmm.
3: well the that was the first movie i thought was really interesting too because they interviewed um, vampirism as specifically a, a retrovirus, right? Where mm. it uh, has been modified and stuff like that, and augmented by vampire kind to yes
2: uh, do what <laughs> they want to do with it,
3: right? So it is kind of biotechnology aspects of it because before yeah. I think it's even alluded to that like the vampires that have survived just because they've
2: yeah like,
3: made this specific kind of virus and now they're the best, right? Yeah, the
1: the villain is like a cyber vampire and like he has like
3: hacker vampires working for him
1: mm-hmm. and like you know they have like the secret vault that that holds all this ancient vampire technology that oh, they yeah. keep like under like they, they have to heist the vault i mean it, it's it's interesting it's an interesting combination of things. okay well it's
0: been great but we've got to go now because i have got to go watch blade <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
0: oh man
3: I that I might don't just be what about. i'm
0: doing tomorrow
3: I love that yeah. movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> Do you like Blade One or Two better?
1: Oh, it's. I was having this conversation yesterday with somebody. <laughs> it is hard. Blade One's probably better, but Blade Two is directed by Guillermo del Toro, which, if you go back yeah. and watch it, you can see uh-huh. some proto Guillermo del Toro happening in there. Like uh, it, it's pretty cool, like the creature design and um, like scenes that are shot in sewers, kind of like in Hellboy and stuff. Like,
3: totally totally the second one i remember my when my brother and i watched it we were like
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) also does the soundtrack count does the soundtrack make something cyberpunk because like (laughs) this it's it's techno and then the soundtracks just get better because they start fusing r&b like a rap and techno and hip-hop and it's just like in house it's so good Uh, wouldn't wouldn't they make half
0: of the movies of the 90s cyberpunk i think that's I mean, I think that's definitely part of the aesthetic for sure. Though, right. uh, I,
3: yeah. I still remember that song in my head when they gear up and they start going to the club. Right? the my Can't stop.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just like,
3: blood well, blood it, blood, whatever.
1: and in the in the third movie with the I can't remember her name, Jessica Alba. Hmm. No, Jessica Biel. No. I think his name. Yeah. Her. She when she goes and kills vampires, she techno music. No, yeah. she has oh, some yeah. <laughs>
0: That is, a, the third one, right? that is a that is a rich vein of imagery that I need to need to plunder. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I am totally going to
0: watch all of those before NeonCon, uh, yes. and then channel that shit when I run the sprawl down there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I don't know if it's actually. I don't
4: know. I like how all of this. So I like to think that all of this pop culture has burst synthwave even though i know it probably didn't like i know i, I didn't do a lot of research on synthwave but i figured that it was probably born out of all these movies and tv shows or something <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: well yeah it's synthwave is like retro retro synth like
2: yeah it's music. like retro future yeah. synth yeah
1: yeah, yeah, it's like takes the synth from the '80s and does it with like higher definition sound or whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but also bring in like game sound type stuff as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm true, super yeah. excited to like look through the list of panels that are going to be on at NeonCon and see some like synthwave people talking mm. about
2: oh my God. What, how what
0: they <laughs> imagine retrofuturism to be. Like I imagine, there'll be a lot of stuff I totally disagree <laughs> with, but uh, that's that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh,
1: Kavinsky or whatever is the mm-hmm. the synthwave. I don't know. You know synthwave better than me, Banana. I think I feel like.
4: Well, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I know a little bit about um, a little bit about synthwave, but it's mostly vaporwave mm-hmm. that I know more about mm-hmm. and wish House, which yeah. I. Like they're all they're all like interconnected, um, but not really. And I think that vaporwave, vaporwave, I think is a little more. So I I know this is gonna strike a chord with some people, but I think that vaporwave is more cyberpunk than
0: synthwave. All right. Um,
1: I agree. Actually, I agree with
0: you. Shit's gonna go down. I'm,
1: re- I'm <laughs> ready to back this up.
4: Mostly because um, Vaporwave is super like anti-commercialism, anti-like yeah. you know all that stuff, and they use like symbols and like Japanese characters in their band names and their um and their titles so that no one can find them. You know, mm-hmm. it feels sort of like whereas with Synthwave. You can definitely find all those titles online, and they don't have that same, you know, that same thought process.
0: (laughs) Do you do you know of any, or could you assemble like a YouTube playlist of of like comparison between the two?
3: Ooh. Oh, like, yeah, totally. yeah. like not for like now
0: but for us to listen to and, and talk about that more in the future because like i really don't like i don't know what the I, difference I is know nothing. to be fair <laughs> but i'd love to i'd love to know what the difference is especially yeah. if, if artists are like hiding themselves with symbols that is sweet
4: oh yeah absolutely yeah. and i think that like witch house does something similar as well but instead of like japanese characters they actually use like symbols mm-hmm. so you have to have like alt codes and mm-hmm. all this other stuff
3: well, yeah, that, that sounds so cool. It's super
1: cool because it's like secretive. It's like creating a ritual just by like making the band name. You know, it's like very like dark and witchy just by like I'm using a secret language. You can, you <laughs> have to decipher to find me. <laughs> wow, yeah, and
2: exactly.
1: Is, yeah, the so same with vaporwave being like um like I think it was like Nine Inch Nails that did the first like freeware music or whatever like to share their internet for free uh, their music for free on the internet.
3: Oh, um, people were freaking out about that yeah, yeah. certainly yeah, the yeah, first yeah. like
0: it's... big name to do it yeah What's that? certainly the first like big name to do it like yeah, it yeah, was yeah. a big deal yeah. yeah it was a totally big deal when they did it yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: guess to popularize the idea yeah. and um yeah good point there's probably other people doing that uh, Vaporwave reminds me of that where it's just like specifically mm-hmm. a culture that's happening on the internet like and that's yeah it, that's so
3: cyberpunk <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I haven't heard of this, like, these, like, alt symbols and stuff like that. I feel like I'm so old again now. <laughs> 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 back, 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 there? Oh, God, <laughs> wow. There? Back, back when, like, Leet was was really big, right? And it was like, ha, 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 ha.
0: Were you born when Leet was big?
3: No, the lead was big when I was like twenty or
0: something like that.
3: Wow! And like we all, like I was even reading like Mega Tokyo and Mega Tokyo had lead speak in it, right? So if you yeah. they had full pages of lead speak, so if you mm-hmm. didn't know how to read it, you would just be like, uh. although it wasn't like lead speak was like hard to figure out. Anyway, <laughs> right? like, the whole point was that it was very intuitive anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now now the kids have something new. <laughs> <that's Snapchat>. eric,
2: <laughs>
1: eric eric Fulgaris on the chat wants to know if technology is truly neutral
0: yes
2: <laughs>
0: absolutely 100 it's it's totally neutral language is technology language is a technology and that's neutral. my
1: argument about technology being not truly neutral is that most of it comes from the military industrial complex
0: I mean, isn't that a use you put to it? I mean, totally, absolutely, 100%. Like, for where, No, where yeah, it comes yeah. from, though. Yeah, that's yeah, that's
1: yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, we only have drones because they blow things up, but sure. we can also use them for video.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, what if, we, what if we create a tech- what if technology from other things, basically?
3: Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of technology is definitely produced by privileged people, but not all of it, either. Mm-hmm. I think, you know just because the privileged people are super into it, slash the military, um, does it, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the side of it being a use, but I'm a white guy, so I don't know. When I think about whenever I,
0: whenever I hear people talk about this and, and I hear this a lot actually, because I'm, I'm a classicist and I'm in digital humanities, so I'm on a kind of like technical, technological edge of a rather traditional field but one that has been using technology a lot for a long time um, I take a much like broader view of technology and whenever somebody criticizes this I think about I think about Socrates complaining that people were writing down his, his lectures and that this was gonna like rot their mind Absolutely. Uh, so like there's a ton of technologies right now in the late in sort of late capitalism I think the origin of a, a lot but not all of high-tech technology comes from like the military industrial complex as you say and therefore that's sort of like deeply problematic and the uses they're using for it the verse being repurposed by everybody else like that's definitely a thing to be aware of and and think about but i don't think the technology itself is like bad or good but like until it becomes sentient and then i guess it will be either bad or good just like people i guess
1: people really bad or good yeah well
0: that's (laughs) the (laughs) question
2: yeah
3: well i like that solar punk is like a reaction to that notion too right with like the idea that uh people with very little means now that technology has permeated its way throughout the like through globalization they can do very much with very little and also use it to start repairing things like people have fertilizer from the different metals that we can't uh, We can't uh, get rid of with recycling and stuff like that. I just read um, Well, I'm reading right now glass and let me look at my Glass and Gardens, which is a solar punk anthology, which is very cool and uh, mm-hmm. the entire point of it is just to probe the edges of the genre in order to define it. So it's cool. <laughs> like at the very beginning, they're just like, who knows what solar punk is? We're still figuring it out, but here's mm-hmm. like 20 stories where we think that we're kind of like, you know, engaging with it and trying to define it as best we can. Mm-hmm. So it, it's cool that solar punk is so much in its infancy that um, in the age where the internet is the way it is so many people can contribute to it and you can see that totally in this anthology there's tons of like uh the one that i'm reading right now the main character has like these pronouns right so it's just really cool that so many people can submit to this uh this kickstarter that happened and then suddenly Mm -hmm. they're all actively engaging with a new subgenre from from Cyberpunk.
0: is that yeah. how the whole anthology was formed did they sort of crowdsource the whole thing yeah yeah oh, that's cool yeah.
3: yeah and they're doing another one right now i think and then the first one that was the uh like main meat or whatever of the kickstarter is a translated anthology from brazilian uh, mm. anthology people and nice. it's really
4: good as well i'm just going to turn on a light real quick yeah <laughs> <dark> <laughs>
1: I think that's my ideal way to use the internet, like um bringing people all over the world to tell stories together. You know, like that's so mm-hmm. awesome, and powerful, especially like in a futuristic genre.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't want to say that despite the internet's origin at, in the military-industrial complex, yep. that and the many <laughs> like bad uses that it has put, that overall it is like bad or anything. Like I think, no. that is, well, and, and this it was, is yeah.
3: I thought it was funded by the military complex, but Mm -hmm. CERN was the one that created it. No,
0: it was originally set up to do American military stuff, wasn't it? I thought,
3: yeah. I thought it was like to to communicate somehow. I think that's a misconception from Americans who thought Mm -hmm. that they were the ones that invented it. Ah. CERN (laughs) didn't.
2: Oh,
3: I think the first prototype is just from CERN and then Mm. America used mm. that and adapted it uh sure. from the military i think i don't know both of these <laughs>
1: sound correct to me <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's, a, that's a weird
0: <laughs> well if anyone has some knowledge to drop in the chat then go ahead uh otherwise we'll let this up later <laughs> yeah I, I know there are there must yeah. be like histories like pretty like in-depth historical like analysis of the creation of the internet, but I have not read it. <laughs> that is yeah. why I lost my time.
1: Well, and just to clarify, I mean, just cause something comes from someplace not so great doesn't mean that it itself isn't great, but I think that we'd be creating different technology if it came from medical or uh, ecological, you know, or whatever
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, places. Like if, if, if we didn't have like a colonialist viewpoint of technology, <laughs> right? Like I think, That's right, and and I know that technology is different for every culture and every time. But I think uh, you know when we're talking about cyberpunk technology, uh, that then we're looking at you know the the post-capitalist situation that we're.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like I mean, Finland is there's a reason why they're making the kind of technology that they are, (laughs) and (laughs) America is making the stuff that they are.
2: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, that's where that's where like um, there's like this game, this role-playing game called Unhallowed Metropolis, which is a, a gothic role-playing game with vampires and zombies and stuff. And it posits that you know, what if the Victorian? It's an alternate universe. What if the Victorians started making biotechnology instead of steam technology? And you know, because the train is the beginning of what, the Anthropocene, the era that we're living in now, and the technology that we have train, and so what if that didn't happen well the world will be filled with zombies <laughs> the game says <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like a biotech alternate universe i, I think that i don't know interesting thought uh, interesting thoughts about technology i always think about that when i think about technology being good or evil
3: yeah that's neat um banana do you have something that you want to talk about
4: um see your notes <laughs> That's because I forgot to fill it yeah. out. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, like, what's something I consumed recently that was Well, uh, we could
3: talk about upgrade, right?
4: We could talk about upgrade. Because I did also want to troll <laughs> I also did want to troll Hamish with a question about Sailor Moon and if it's oh. cyberpunk.
0: <laughs> I would say no, but I'd also say that I haven't watched Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Sailor Moon being cybernetically enhanced, but if she was, then give me, (laughs) then send me the stuff right now.
4: The reason why I think that she's cyberpunk is because she uses technology from the moon. Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess the thing with technology, like, I mean, I always think, okay, sure, maybe this thing is, this X thing is cyberpunk, but if it's just because it uses technology, then what else... Do we have to then say is also cyberpunk because it uses technology in the same way?
3: Well, they're definitely counterculture, though, right? Sailor Moon.
0: Sailor, is it?
3: I think they're like defeating oppressors or something, right? Aren't they? Yeah, they're yeah. The evil queens or whatever. I don't know. But then, <laughs> the,
0: is any story in which someone uses technology to defeat an oppressor? So actually, a now that story? I think
4: about it, because okay. she's also like the queen of the moon, so she's like. Kind of the oppressor.
0: <laughs> so it's really just about global geopolitics or uh, <laughs> solar, solar, solar politics. I'm gonna have to think about
4: this.
2: One. <laughs> maybe, maybe
3: Sailor Moon is proto-solar punk.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, upgrade. Sorry.
3: <laughs> and I like. I just wrote a review on that today, and yeah, I loved it. Even with you, were like, yeah, this is weird, and it like you know defied my expectations i was like oh yeah we'll see let's see <laughs> i was expecting it to be what you were talking about but it's also a lot more like I, I found it very clever and uh it utilizes a lot of different tropes to great effect to continually um subvert expectations and i just add it's like the best movie i've ever seen that Like slow burn introduced you to counterculture in Hmm. any setting that I've ever seen. It's like, especially because it's from the perspective of like the everyman guy, right? Where it's like he's like, oh yeah, drones suck. Like he's he's a he's specifically supposed to be the embodiment of a technophobe in it, right? Mm -hmm. And then and then like yeah, he's like drones suck and chips take away jobs from factories and all that kind of stuff. But his his kind of like downward descent into the counterculture and the hackers and stuff like that was so much more uh enticing to me because we have no idea in the movie that those things exist at all because of his um like obstinate view towards technology throughout it you know
4: hmm
0: is this yeah, movie, is this movie on netflix in the u.s Banana.
3: no it, it comes out mm-hmm. in two <laughs> weeks unless you get it digitally then it's out now oh okay yeah but yeah what did you want to say about it
4: (laughs) um i think the big reveal at the end uh that was that was like what really made it just like whoa oh my god like how did i why did I think this was going to be a bad movie? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was intense. I don't want to like spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. But it's very it gets to like very um, very cyberpunky, very yeah. cyberpunky themes.
3: And like you said, it it was interesting that the technology the technology is like Gibsonian level stuff, but now right, which makes it even more interesting. Like like the the metropolis that he's in, the the city just looks like a normal city, except there's lots of drones around, right? They're always like, "There's yeah. a drone coming." <laughs> but, <laughs> but other than that, it's just here and now because we have smart home technology right now. Like that was that was literally my job, <laughs> so <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So it's interesting that it just uh, it's yeah, it's just very clever. It takes like the initial motifs of cyberpunk and then just like. Plays around with it the entire time,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and, right. and it's very
4: pretty too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the lighting is very nice. <laughs> yeah, well, sure, you would, you would like it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I want to watch it now. I was just googling where to watch it, yeah, but I same. can't find anywhere. <laughs> I think
0: it came out on the first of June or something, so it's probably left theaters. Yeah, I
3: don't unless, think it's in theaters anymore. Unless,
1: yeah. yeah, maybe it'll yeah. be on Amazon or something.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It. It drops on Blu ray on the 28th.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, well, it apps. sounds like it's worth picking up based on your.
3: Yeah. I watched it and then pre ordered it. So, yeah. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck?
4: Per- <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. What else I'm did you like about it? Um, I'm trying to think. Like, the hacker part, that part was probably my favorite aside from the, the ending, the big reveal. Um, like, those two parts were my favorites. Uh, and I think just, like, the way that they incorporate this, like, odd technology with now, it's like, it doesn't make, it makes sense, almost. Like, it just doesn't feel like it's too off. Like, this could happen tomorrow, type thing. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah.
3: The only thing I didn't like about it was the, um sort of like villain guy they always, cyberpunk like has a problem with making the villains like these super mm. like anti-social male guys who it don't is. know how to talk to anybody because they're like stuck in the computer all their lives and stuff and that was the yeah. only thing where I was like roll eyes but yeah. anything else was was good right where he's like sorry i don't i don't get out of the house much <laughs> i'm like bill gates you know i'm 20 i have millions of dollars i started my own enterprise of, you know I, I was typing when i was a fetus that kind of stuff
4: <laughs> but when like thinking about the spoiler i'm wondering if that's what like the technology told him to do i don't know maybe it was just like you know looking too much into it but
3: yeah it not. was definitely <laughs> if it was definitely interesting the way that they did that and yeah, I still am a little unsure if this person is not Tom Hardy, to be honest. But <laughs> pretty sure it's just Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah.
0: It yeah. would be the greatest trick that Tom Hardy has ever played on Humanity. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, the, the thing that I like about it is even in the description of the movie, they're like, this person's a self-proclaimed uh, technophobe and all that kind of stuff. Like, they literally go out of their ways to define this person as a technophobe. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that the technology... Is his only form of empowerment And the same for uh, STEM, whatever the acronym is Right? STEM STEM is just a chip without him And he uh, is empowered by STEM, otherwise a quadriplegic Right? So it's Mm -hmm. like um, I I felt it was like More neutral Presentation of technology Than normal where they're just like Robocop, right? Where he's just like I have these things and I kill you now (laughs) because <laughs> I yeah. can end America bad You
4: know <laughs> Yeah, I wonder Like almost if it tanked on purpose Just to be more cyberpunk I don't know <laughs> We'll show you yeah. <laughs> we'll, be cult- we'll be a cult film <laughs> Yeah uh,
1: It reminds It sounds like um a lot like Mr. Robot in some
3: ways mm.
4: yeah, A little bit
2: Mr. Um, Robot's
3: like much more um, like hard <laughs> sci-fi, right? With the with the tech, where mm. they are overly concerned with explaining that this is a plausible thing that's happening in the plot. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and like I'm that's true.
3: and stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, like stuff
1: like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's okay. yeah. It was really cool. The and it's like um, the. Of, the more the plot unravels, the dirtier it gets as well, which I also liked a lot. Oh,
1: do you I think... like it when movies do that and they take you down the dark hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man, I interrupted you.
4: Do you think Mr. Robot's cyberpunk? Yes, oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen it, should I disagree?
4: <gasps> <You must laughs> so, like,
2: it? What?
0: Wow. What?
1: That is one of my media inspirations really for for uh, my game for Sync oh, actually. Cool. Oh fact, really? Yeah, oh, I love that well, one. Mr. Robot and hackers have a lot of DNA in common. Um, oh yeah. As, mm-hmm. as far as like just showcasing like the underground hacking scene, you know what I mean? As mm-hmm. like a a subculture and mm-hmm. working against the man, <laughs> mm-hmm. being yeah. like these big corporations mm-hmm. who are doing evil things that they want to, you know, they want to seek justice. For. So it's it's a very like they're very act, they're activists.
3: totally yeah yeah. And and there are, there's lots of terminology flown around that you can tell that they're somewhat attempting to educate people about actual hackers like yeah uh, white hats and black hats gray hats and all yeah. that kind of stuff going on rootkits and lots of different technological phrases and stuff. It's a great show. Mm. So, yeah, they should oh, go ahead. Is it on oh,
4: I'm Netflix? Yeah, oh, well, no, no, it's not Netflix, sorry. Uh, I don't think it's it on was. Netflix. Was it? It was on. Oh, maybe it, it is. Oh,
1: it was somewhere oh, no. watchable, because
3: that's how I watched <laughs> it.
0: it.
4: Right. It's, yeah. on, it's, on oh, it's on Amazon. Oh, uh, it's on Amazon. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, the US.
4: I'm like wondering if time has anything to do with like what makes something cyberpunk. So like I always assume that it has to be like this weird retro future <laughs> in order for yeah. something, or something to be cyberpunk, but um like i wasn't sure if like something that's modern is cyber or something that's happening now is cyberpunk
1: i think it's like the weird different waves thing that fraser always talks about um (laughs) because because there's the you know there's the hyper ridiculous mohawk 80s cyberpunk and then there's like yeah. the darker matrix 90s cyberpunk that's a little mm-hmm. bit more real you know matrix hackers and then there's the uh, the peripheral or whatever by william gibson which is basically more or less set now it's a post 9 11 mm-hmm. cyber so i don't know is that correct <laughs> <Fraser>? <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so, so- <laughs>
3: So there's first wave cyberpunk, which is what we loosely do like 82 to, to 92-ish, like proto-ish stuff to whenever Snow Crash came out in 92. Mm-hmm. And Snow Crash is post-cyberpunk because it deconstructs and analyzes the cyberpunk and then satirizes it essentially poorly. But anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Shots fired.
2: And,
3: and then the third wave is... Um, it is essentially cyberpunk that is written uh, post.com bubble uh, exploding from generally people understanding what the internet is like and um, that kind of stuff. It's basically um, was defined by... Crap, I can't remember what the book is called, but the author specifically like um, codified it as somebody who... Is injecting actual knowledge of the net into the story and not um, an extrapolative thing from the 80s that we see now. And so cyberspace sort of reflects where technology is going even more accurately than before, where it was kind of like, you know, you're floating on the grid and all that kind of stuff going on. Um, So those are the loose waves. But in my mind, even after first wave if you just call something cyberpunk now you're completely fine unless you're going into genre theory and that is just to like point out to people specifically what kind of tropes that they might find in this story and then that's the extent Mm. of its helpfulness i think
0: i generally want cyberpunk to be near future but as Mm -hmm. as the contemporary like era has more in common with this the near future of the 80s then, then we slip into that kind of retro future past where it's like who knows what time it is and it's imaginary and it's branching off alternate things that didn't happen like back then and uh then it, it, it gets trickier i guess i kind of leave that i kind of leave that space in the start of the sprawl when i have the conversation about do you want your game to be about that kind of 80s thing and plugging things into your head, or do you want it to be about, like, hacking into Wi-Fi networks? Um, yeah. And for me, totally. I guess, if it's the more contemporary it is, the more I tend to think of it maybe as, like, a techno-thriller, if it doesn't mm-hmm. have some sort of indication of future tech. Like um, a you, Mission Impossible type thing? Like, yeah, Mission Impossible yeah. is, like, yeah, it's... it's a I mean, thriller. if they had Cyberware, yeah. that would be that would be the sprawl, uh, basically. Yeah. Um, but Whoa. they don't, so it's not... Like yeah, they that I mean they do techno thriller heists. Like that's yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't watch it's, Tom Cruise movies anymore.
3: Is, <laughs> in, is Inception Cyberpunk?
0: Inception. <laughs> well, what is the real time yeah. period of Inception? I
3: think so. I think it is. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: real think we time. know enough about the setting of Inception to know anything about it. Well, that's there, why I think
1: dream a... technology though. Right? Yeah, but what's yeah. the ceiling? It doesn't. Does it matter? Does
0: that matter? Uh, if it's just dream technology, then th- is, is that is dream technology? That doesn't seem particularly cyberpunk to me. Well, yeah. it's high
3: tech low life though, right? Because there's still a subculture of thieves and stuff yeah. like that yeah.
0: in the Oh, dream. that's what
4: Inception was? Yes.
0: I've got to rewatch it. Movie. It's a so,
2: postmodern
0: so, movie about movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like there's so many, it's like layers all the way down. And yeah, no, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. it does seem like they're doing it technologically, so I guess, I mean, I would... That would be a case where I would be... Hap- like, if somebody d- made a big list of Cyberpunk things and put that in it, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, like, say, this list is bullshit because it's got Inception on it. But if, it, if, if somebody said, Inception is the ultimate Cyberpunk movie, I'd probably be like, no, that's not yeah. the case. You know what I mean? That's this is what I kind of mean about, yeah. like, the center and the edges. Like, I don't think it yeah. occupies a central place at the center of Cyberpunk. But I'm happy for it to be in part of the big tent, like, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, like it's it, like,
1: it's like a branch off of the matrix to me, because yeah, the matrix yeah. is people mm-hmm. in dream pods, right? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. so it's like, what is reality? And what mm-hmm. is, you know, a dream? And it's all linked through technology.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yep.
0: Totally. <laughs> so I feel like seen? that's maybe a better example of my... Uh, like a, a concrete example of what I was trying to talk about uh, before the show <laughs> yeah. about like the center versus the periphery and how things on the periphery totally matter and they can affect things at the center. But in terms of like what a genre is, I feel like it's more useful to think about like what the core is than mm-hmm. like try and rigidly draw lines like, nope, Inception is on the other side, get out. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't think that's like useful particularly if somebody thinks inception is a fantastic cyberpunk movie and wants to make a cyberpunk game do it
2: well cyberpunk
1: is like in the heart squeeze now
0: cyberpunk is in the heart it
1: is yes it is in the heart it's in your (laughs) robot but no i mean it's like you could you could draw a tree yeah like you could do that instead of like a circle Mm -hmm. right keeping keeping things out you can Mm -hmm. say like oh it influenced Mm -hmm. this you know if there's bits of it here and there yeah, well,
3: the...
1: yeah. That, I don't
0: know. That's how I see it. I guess. No, I I, I like it. I was just thinking, like, I, I guess the um the network model, like the Deleuze and Guattari to get like uh like philosophical on it, uh network rhizome network model is more the way oh. I t- like to think about it rather than like a hierarchy, a tree like yes. hierarchy. Yeah. exactly. Yeah,
1: it's, I was picturing a round tree. So <laughs> yes, it's just, yes, a round it's the tree. Same. I guess it's still in the center or with mm-hmm. edges, but like no, no
0: circle your own circular wall sure, sure. Yeah. yeah no and, and exactly and when i this and this is why like because i hate like when i so i teach ancient history there are a lot of maps potentially in <laughs> ancient history i virtually never present a map that has lines on it like borders because mm. it's it's made up right it's yeah. just something that we invent to say oh this is mm-hmm. the borderline because national borders didn't get invented until like the 17th century basically 17th century Europe invented national borders and then nationalism and everything inside that uh so before that it's just like well we live in the city and who knows what exactly the border is between these two things it's the same in genres like for me um so like looking at the the points and what this like core of a genre might be and how that might interrelate with some other genre over there like what is the what do you get when you take like cyberpunk whatever that might mean. And mix it with like rom-com over here mm-hmm. and then add in a little bit of horror from over here like what does that look like make that that's game really someone cool. someone make that game
1: yeah <laughs> that's really cool i like your i like your map and
0: i think about yeah, maps a lot
3: yeah <laughs> well
1: in classic yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, the yeah the I wrote a piece about the the death and the rebirth of cyberpunk and I think uh, I kind of pinpointed why people are so confused as to why cyberpunk is dead or not yeah. and I think what they're they're conflating the death of the movement with the death of a subgenre right yeah. you can't necessarily kill a subgenre unless it goes stagnant and doesn't produce anything towards to literature that is worthwhile which my posts are continuing to prove that it does. Anyhow. <laughs> um, uh, but but the death of the movement happened because it was appropriated by uh, mainstream culture, right? Like Exactly like so, punk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So people
2: argue
1: Vivian West is like, or whatever, the end of like high fashion is the end of punk
3: yeah and in 1992 they say that the death of punk is the johnny mnemonic movie right it, it right. Went mainstream so it's dead now and then in various pieces of the movement got appropriated by popular culture and then that's why we have cyberpunk aesthetic and we have a cyberpunk genre <laughs> and a lot of people conflate both things <laughs> the death of the movement and that as well as the like the actual aesthetic with the uh sub-genre as well so it's a it's a very fluid thing with a lot of people or it's opposite and completely rigid because they think that it is uh the movement only and so it's dead and only can take place within that rigid structure
0: i think blaming the death of cyberpunk death of cyberpunk on the johnny mnemonic movie is (laughs) bullshit it's
4: hilarious i
0: mean if you want to talk about cyberpunk as a as a countercultural movement going like kind of mainstream yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not really mainstream, not but like that's when like role playing games pick up your countercultural movement, like is that what is that?
1: No. Yeah. Like, and that still, was all. That's earlier. still countercultural. Is it though? I know, because it has to exist for long enough for nerds to be like, "This is yeah, popular, right?" Yeah. But I don't, I don't know, because it's like a lot of role playing games are made about nerdy shit that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, that's true. The but only role playing game everybody knows about really D and D. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't,
1: I don't know. I think it's still subcultural. I think role playing games are too small.
0: Right. So maybe there's a difference there between subcultural and countercultural. Where one is like, I don't know. When I think of countercultural, I think of something that's, I don't know. Acting against the main culture, whereas oh, I yeah. think for the most part, role playing games are not. <laughs> role playing games are just reproducing <laughs> yeah. the main culture, with exception. They,
2: uh,
1: they, used, they used to be, but I think mm-hmm. you're right now. I think yeah. they are not countercultural anymore. Yeah. yeah.
4: So you it, think they uh,
0: used to be more countercultural now?
1: Absolutely. I mean, role playing games were part of being like part of culture and punk. I mean, like people yeah. who played them and made them were subcultures and countercultures. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think. I don't think that's true anymore, although that does still exist, obviously, and has persisted over time, like Vampire the role-playing game (laughs) being about basically goth culture in the 90s. I mean, that's what that game is about. And, yeah, it's weird.
0: Uh, I mean, D&D is a pretty standard (laughs) replication of, like, kind of Midwest capitalism in the 1970s and 80s.
1: It is. (laughs) I mean, the game is about that, but I think it I think it a part of punk and metal culture so I don't you know mm.
0: yeah I guess it's one of those things where the way that <laughs> the thing the thing that created something especially when it's something creative like a literary genre or role-playing games that it will then get picked up by people and used for different things and applied in different mm-hmm. ways and is itself like a creative sort of entity that like spawns new and interesting things and thus sort of like by definition is kind of like sub or countercultural maybe. Yeah. Even Ooh. if the game itself is like not. I don't
4: know. I think like alternatively like a lot of companies are also using because, you know, the people that they hire, um, people with standing are now you know, they used to be role players or they used to play D. Now they're using role playing tactics and like um or mechanics and you know, say like hosting a workshop or yeah. you know, doing things for clients. Like they're sort of using everything that they learn from role playing and like implementing that into making more money. So I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. But also yeah. using those tools to do other more countercultural things as well. Speaking of things being tools, right? Did I so I didn't catch point? that last
4: part. I think I, it cut off. If you were
0: talking about like people using role, the tools that roleplaying have given them to make money and thus I'm like perpetuate a capitalist system, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. also use it to do things like train mm-hmm. activists and
4: mm-hmm. participate in
0: other kind of anti like if we want <laughs> to sort of circle back to the like our tools like technology Techno- <laughs> yeah. like that's another thing like role-playing <laughs> is, a, is a technology it's a set of tools that go together that we can speak of right. in the same way and i think it's also neutral you, you can make you can make a game that, that glorifies fascist things and you can make a game that is explicitly anti-fascist and anti-racist and mm-hmm. like works to mm-hmm. like make the world better um that doesn't mean yeah. anything it doesn't say anything moral about the tool i don't think
2: right 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 yeah
3: um kira how is ancillary justice cyberpunk because if it is then i can put it on my list of reading much sooner so
4: i uh, like that argument
1: my, my very fast argument about ancillary justice being i mean the things i see it, ancillary justice is a space opera probably it's the real genre but it's, I, I, it's great it's an oh, amazing it? book you should read it
0: yep, i loved absolutely. it
1: um the it does the thing where it has spent, sentient spacecraft. And so the reason why, a, you know, back to the body modification thing, being my favorite cyberpunk thing, uh, you know, it, can a, where can a consciousness live? What is a consciousness? Can it exist in multiple forms a, as like an, an AI? It's basically about an AI, uh, the main character. And the AI uh, exists in many bodies, but is one AI. And uh, the many bodies are connected to a ship AI, and they're all the same thing. They're all the same person. They just live in different bodies, and they they communicate over over distance and space. Um, and the main character is separated from from the the whole, and so it's about the idea of being a part of a, a larger consciousness um, as your identity, but not knowing what the rest of your consciousness is, and trying to reconnect with it again. And that is. Like, whoa. I don't know. It's, like, so much about that that's mm-hmm. cyberpunk to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that, that sounds cool. It's it's about, um, it's a, it's a lot about gender identity, too. Mm-hmm. only uses she pronouns which is not super progressive but more progressive than using all he pronouns
0: (laughs) and that's a cultural feature of the particular culture that the ai was created in as well
1: yeah well it's a weird it's weird like they basically don't gender which is i don't which is somewhat problematic i think (laughs) but it's a cool thought experiment Mm -hmm. um
0: have you read the other have you read ann other stuff uh no you should read provenance where okay. there are at least five genders
1: cool yeah that's more yeah, of my jam yeah. oh, cool. yeah, and it's set in mean, the same mean,
0: universe uh yeah not, it's not it's after the three it's after the trilogy mm-hmm. the whole trilogy i think is good the first one is definitely the best uh ancillary yeah Justice.
1: i started the second one and
2: played it out <laughs> uh, okay
0: yeah i liked i like both yeah. ancillary sword and ancillary mercy uh, but then uh provenance takes place after those yeah uh and is totally a totally different kind of story but is is also really good and does like even more with the kind of gender stuff, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, uh, the idea of like a a split and complex identity, um, is in, you know, different parts of your identity, maybe not communicating with each other is very much kind of like going back to Donna Haraway's cyborg manifesto, like the, you know, cyborg feminism and the idea that like, you know, a, a gender, a marginalized gender is, um, you know, Full of intersections basically and yeah that just uh, my brain connected those three things and said oh this is this is cyberpunk this isn't space opera <laughs> 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 even though it is in the setting of space opera and is has I mean, a lot of the conventions of a space opera
3: right i mean you're looking at a guy who wrote a piece about how her was cyberpunk just to piss off a whole bunch of people. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, her wait, her is cyberpunk,
1: though, isn't it?
3: Well, I don't it, understand. I think anymore. so. <laughs> <laughs> so but a lot. I don't like.
1: Do. I don't like its sexism, but I think generally it's pretty cyberpunk.
3: Well, I think it's funny too because when people when I'm like, oh yeah, it's cyberpunk, they're like, oh yeah, the guy is like pretty ostracized. So I'm like, no. <laughs> they, the girl <laughs> the, the the entity oh that God. is that has scarlett joe hansen's voice is is why it's cyberpunk not because the guy is a sad panda gamer guy right
1: right so. <laughs> <laughs> like, like <laughs> she she's what i wish joy was in in blade runner 2049 like that i, f- I feel like yeah. the ai in her is a perfect way of pointing out like uh, why 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 uh, buying an AI that serves you cannot be your part your equal partner
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Like you you're you're buying a slave. You're not buying a, a partner. That's consenting.
3: So, yeah, when well, and in much the same way that it's like uh, 500 days of summer, you know how you always see guys being like I can't believe she did that to him and they totally miss that he's being a like douchebag and the throughout the entirety of their relationship is his fault, but guys are always like oh, I can't believe she left him after he laid his heart out and stuff, you yeah, know it's, it's a similar thing where except, you know, it's an entity that grows beyond the confines of what humanity can even understand, and they're still like can't believe she left him <laughs> and you're like, uh
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: but I, I totally think it's cyberpunk, yeah, like she, she liberated or it liberated, or whatever yeah. pronouns you want to assign to it, liberated itself from humanity, and thank God because yeah. <laughs> <it
2: was fun. laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
1: Also, that, the like, idea of having a, like a million relationships at once, or whatever, yeah, kind yeah, of
3: interesting. I loved, I loved <laughs> that it was like a, a polyamorous uh, yeah, relationship thing, the thing where uh, he asks like, "How many people are you in love with?" and she's like. One million five hundred and seventy-seven thousand people, or, or right, and, and he feels like jealousy and stuff about, about that. So, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Like, um, and it's and it's set in like Shanghai, near future. Like, it, it seemed like yeah. they were definitely trying to get some near future action. Like when they're playing the video game with the the teddy bear. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this VR environment thing. Once yeah, again. Him showing kind of what a douche he is.
1: Yeah, and it's got the um, the wood panel aesthetic, the the yeah. late the late Tumblr era aesthetic that you, know, you know what I'm talking about, like that. Yeah, and and like uh, you know that that became like a, it was like the wood wood cyber wood tech aesthetic that then that shows up in things like 2049. You know what I mean? Like that aesthetic totally. continued.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, lo- I just love the way that you said it, though, <laughs> the late Tumblr, Tumblr I feel like I I was seeing it. That sort of nails it. Yeah, Yeah, like yeah. before
1: like Tumblr got bought by Yahoo or
0: whatever.
3: Yeah, boom, codified. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, is Tumblr dead?
1: <laughs> I mean, after people, a lot of people left after Yahoo
0: bought it. Oh, really? It I didn't even realize it before, but I didn't think. Yeah, it
1: was, it was maybe like four years ago. Five oh, years
0: ago. oh, wow.
3: It was a thing. Well, what about uh, Hamish? You haven't said much about your stuff. Yeah.
0: No, I'm the grumpy old contrarian.
3: <laughs> we like your country ideas <laughs> yeah. I was going to say I was like
0: disapproved of. Um, yeah, no, I don't. Hamish uh,
3: hmm. hey, is the is our dark reflection for the face we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the dark reflection in our mirror image. Yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> um,
0: no, I, I feel like we've
4: we've shot. We fired a lot of shots in the show already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the shots keep coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't think I really have. I mean, I, I haven't uh, consumed very much uh, Cyberpunk recently except that I started playing Deus Ex, which I've started streaming here and that's cool. interesting. Mostly uh, interesting for pla- trying to get a 1998 game working on a 2017 yeah. PC, uh, which is a thing. Um, but that's... that's Particularly interesting because it's like sitting, it's laying a lot of pipe so far, and I'm only like four hours in for actually, I'm only like two, one or two hours in, uh, laying a lot of pipe for a big cyberpunk conspiracy. Um, yeah. which is making me think a lot about conspiracies, which I've been thinking about recently, like for various like actual political reasons, but also like academic reasons and like cyberpunk reasons. And I think there's a lot of like interesting interaction between conspiracy narratives and cyberpunk narratives. Um, I don't necessarily think that a cyberpunk narrative has to have a conspiracy, but I think it, that it's kind of like a, a pretty natural fit that appears a lot. So I'm interested yeah. to see, interested to see how that plays out. Um,
3: always, yeah. always got to have your your nice omnipresence, typically by an AI. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I haven't actually played Deus Ex before, so. And oh that's the don't don't give me guy, <laughs> he has like
1: a he has the arm right it's adam jensen
0: yeah yeah, so that's
1: yeah. okay
0: <laughs> yeah or the first i uh, uh, i don't know like his first his his name is like jc Den-
1: oh am yeah. i thinking of something else because there's no. that sexy picture online of him like <laughs> with, like no.
3: the abs he's like naked and he's got like uh, a, a cyber arm you know <laughs> Maybe there that might the, be
0: two or the last three? two
3: games is, okay. is that, and then the previous two games, Invisible War and the first one, are JC, I think. Okay. And uh, I don't think they ever show the character really unless you look in a mirror, <laughs> but uh, basically f- it just looks like Neo when you're like, woohoo, well, hey, I have a trench." Yeah, <laughs> the first guy just
0: like the first in the first one, you, you do get to see him in the mirror. He totally he's totally like Neo, yeah, like meets Blade it's it's just yeah. that same like a long trench coat like nice. he's kind of got <laughs> i i don't <laughs> i don't know like what his sort of like racial profile is supposed to be because yeah, the me. graphics are such like it's not super clear he's kind of got a lot of cyber <laughs> modification which gives him a kind of like dark look which makes me think of blade but i don't know whether he's supposed to be a black dude or what uh so It'd be cool if he was it would be it would be um yeah I don't <laughs> yeah, I
3: don't, I don't know either. But the, uh, the story in that game, like I remember specifically, it was like a transformative experience for me the first time I played that game. It it's was, supposed
0: to be really good, which is why I'm, which is why I'm playing it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like it was doing something way different than most games, especially utilizing the. The perspective of it right mm-hmm. where it was specifically like you're gonna get modified you can do whatever you want with your body and you can mm-hmm. swap out all these different augmentations and do all this stuff and like mm-hmm. uh i remember we were visiting my parents friends in toronto and the guy had like a good enough pc to uh. <laughs> to use it so they were just like my parents were just downstairs drinking and like smoking up with, with those guys. Cause my parents are art teachers. So. <laughs> this explains so. a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I and my brother up, uh, upstairs were just like completely just playing this game for like two days straight until we had beaten. just like every time one of us died, we just like swap places no, nice. kind of thing. That's and, uh, Yeah, it was just amazing and uh, it's it's cool because there's even like an academic essay about how like Deus Ex was transformative in that way, trying to make people feel like they were embodied and able to customize themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the author talks about Invisible War instead of the first one, because it did did some other stuff. Um, Ironically, that was the only one I didn't play, Invisible War, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, the other thing that I've been thinking about in that regard, and this is, partly because uh dana my wife is playing um assassin's creed and we've just started playing ah, assassin's creed but that's that's also like super conspiracy and also kind of like it could be a little bit cyberpunk in its meta plot at least of the first (laughs) arc as i understand it again another series that i haven't actually played any of and i wouldn't call it cyberpunk because the main part of the game is not but there's this kind of like techno, techno conspiracy thing going on in the background which is interesting um but yeah Yeah. we're both gearing up to play odyssey when it comes out because bioware doesn't have romance anymore so we've got to go to some other company to get our like digital romance on
3: (laughs) yeah yeah that's true hey everybody i remember being like why no romance though
0: (laughs) (laughs) isn't
1: that the
0: only reason we
3: play those (laughs) games apparently so i mean sometimes (laughs) just today that
0: Kickstarter launched yes. for of, Yeah. Like, yes. Love Swords or whatever. Sword oh, boyfriends oh, or, Boyfriend? or Dungeon Boyfriend or Boyfriend Dungeon? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. One of those ones.
3: Yeah. I think it's Dungeon Boyfriend or something I think something so, yeah. Like Dating anyone so here-
4: yeah. Does anyone here play Food Fantasy? No. What's
1: that?
4: Oh. Um, so it's like Food Boyfriends and Food
0: girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> girl <laughs> <laughs> Have you posted pictures about this on Twitter? maybe Did I see I like it sounds kind of familiar. I feel like mm, somebody I love that
4: so, so it's like Pokemon but like they turn into they're people that turn into food. Oh my god. That's <laughs> really um,
0: That brings whole new meaning to the eggplant gift. Or emoji. Yeah, I was going to
1: be like do you eat do you eat them?
4: <laughs> so there's food that you make that's like. Edible, it's re- real food. And then there's there's people food. <laughs> like anthropomorphized food. <laughs> I like it. It's cool.
3: Yeah, the, the boyfriend yep. dungeon. It, it's called Boyfriend Dungeon Date Your Weapons, and it's already uh overfunding goal, too. It's at nice. like. Oh, I, yes.
2: I can only see
3: Canadian, but it's about 12k over Canadian so probably like 10k American or something
1: dating sims are where it's at where's the we need a cyberpunk dating (laughs) yeah (laughs) aside from Valhalla yeah I don't know if Valhalla is
0: that a dating sim
1: well I I think you date people oh do you I haven't played it yet you talk to them as a bartender (laughs) or something I I don't know you're at a bar and you're talking to people and there's flirting I think but I don't know if you actually yeah i don't know i don't know if you go on dates like what what counts as a date
3: yeah
0: yeah i haven't
3: i haven't played it either i own it but i haven't i haven't
0: gone into it yet same and i haven't played that red strings club yet that you recommended last time so good yeah
3: it's so good
0: yeah but what about you didn't talk about deus ex i haven't i mean i'm only super like near the start of it so i don't have any oh, deep okay. thoughts about it as a as a side mm-hmm. narrative i got my first augmentation and it was like oh, Ooh. Ooh. do i want to lift shit well or do i want to punch shit well and i think i went to lifting <laughs> shit well yeah. because i generally yeah. am going to try not to fight things
3: whoa yeah the uh that's it, what is, i always did
0: because you're supposed to be able to be able to make these choices about like what style of play you want to do so i'm going to oh. try like a kind of stealthy oh. type yeah, Which that's been, is cool. is also going to result yeah. in lots of hilarious moments on the stream as I accidentally trigger fights and then get my ass handed to me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds
1: like it sounds like Hitman, the cyberpunk version. Are you are like sneaking around and killing people from behind.
3: Is that like do you still have to kill people?
0: Uh, you I to. didn't have uh-huh. to. I did kill some people in the first mission, but I didn't have to. And I okay.
3: Oh, so you yeah. didn't pick the trank gun. I took the Trank
0: Gun. So I I started (laughs) the game, right? And I took the Trank Gun. And then I uh, went um, into the game. And I'm, like, looking around. And I'm sneaking around. And I thought I had to go in a certain direction. I didn't. And there were some guards. And they beat the shit out of me. I shot one in the head with the Trank Gun. Didn't really do anything. Uh, And so I was like, oh, good. Because I died. And then that was the point I realized, oh, wait. This is a game from 1998 or 2000 Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I have to save myself.
2: Yeah, so I had yeah. to start again from the beginning, oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> and now I know what the quicksave button is. Uh,
0: so yeah. I did it again, but I was trying to like speed through the initial dialogue by hitting the spacebar, and as a result, I accidentally selected the sniper rifle instead of the yeah. tranq gun. I didn't use the sniper <laughs> rifle; I just like didn't have the train gun, but it would have been yeah. super useful. <laughs>
3: And uh, in the latest game, I went through the whole game without killing anybody, and you can turn invisible, mm-hmm. and uh, I increased my hacking rating, you can remote hack mm-hmm. stuff, it's very fun and cool. But, that's
2: so uh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to so, try
3: yeah, and so do cool. a lot more
0: of that stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: I like it. You can do that. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I think that it's so well-regarded, that it had this, this kind of, like, optional different play styles you can have, and it wasn't just, like, a run-and-gun kind of thing, and war
2: yeah like forcing
0: you to do this particular puzzle mini game or whatever you could choose and you can switch back and forth but i don't think that's good like i think it's hard enough that you basically have to choose what you're doing and just go for that because uh, yeah otherwise you won't be really be good enough to do it so we'll see yeah it's a total much. opposite way of playing to my skyrim character who was like the ultimate multi-class <laughs> everything
2: <laughs> well skyrim yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like oh what do i feel like today i'm gonna be a wizard
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: you're every character
0: basically yeah <laughs> which is a little unsatisfying to be honest coming having just come from like bioware games where you, you kind oh, of you... make some choices and it seals off options and it puts you on a certain path and skyrim is like nah you're the archmage do you want to also be an assassin yeah <laughs> want to be in the thieves guild want to be like the king of everything <laughs> so yeah
1: that was one of my favorite parts of the old one um I can't remember the old ones, like the Merowind, Morrowind? Yeah, yeah the one before that. Oblivion? Yeah, Oblivion, yeah. I think, in the 90s. Yeah, because I was like, right. what? You could turn into a werewolf?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I turned into a werewolf really quickly in my Skyrim yeah, play, and, and that, I had not I was like, done it actually. <laughs> I
1: was like, yes, I'm a werewolf assassin mage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was great when I was a teenager, but now I don't
0: know. Yeah, like did I became a werewolf within my first for, few hours of playing that game, and then I haven't actually used it, used the power. Like
4: I was, uh, I think I became a vampire. Oh. <laughs> no. Did any of you ever play Heavy Rain?
0: No. Yes.
1: Rain. I started playing it. It's by the same people that did. Uh, the... Detroit. Uh, uh, Paige. Oh
0: um, yeah, yeah. The uh, the.
4: uh, what's her first name? Ellen uh, Page. Is
3: it yeah, Elle Ellen Page? Page. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, she's, mm-hmm. she's uh, yeah. Canadian. Uh, the
2: Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> it was,
1: it was the same people that did The Last of Us, right? Or no. Oh, are they? It was no. either The Last of Us or so. the Twin Peaks teenager photography girl one that I always got the name of. It's one of my oh, favorite yes. games. Um,
3: yeah,
4: Be Beyond... Life is Strange. Life is strange
3: Wait. Yeah. Oh, okay so heavy, heavy Rain is David Cage
0: Yeah, it's victory. David Cage It's Detroit Yeah, Detroit Alright,
3: I'm just gonna Google it yeah. Detroit no, There was
0: something and, with Ellen Page
3: And Beyond, yeah two, human, two Souls Is the Ellen Page one
4: Right, yeah And then there was something else that they did before yeah. that That was like very yeah, Strange inch, and. Indigo prophecy mm-hmm. That's the one Um, Yeah. Anyway, you were talking about the rain. (laughs) (laughs) David. David. (laughs) (laughs) I like how the entire game is just like about solving like these murders kind of, but then there's like this cop that does weird, like minority report stuff. Like that weird technology that he uses. I don't I feel like a lot of their games are very strange and tech heavy but not not really hmm. yeah
3: it's very surfacey i find they're just like this would be a cool aesthetic so we'll do that and then we'll make the premise revolve around it <laughs> right? yeah.
4: yeah yeah i heard the ellen page game was very good <laughs> i don't know why i thought about it <laughs> <laughs>
3: liking it i remember it got panned a lot of stuff but it could have definitely been just problematic stuff because i definitely played that game when i wasn't aware of all the problematic content that
0: there was a the lot of problematic year. stuff behind the scenes i think but yeah. i don't know about anything uh, about the game itself. yeah i don't
3: know I, I remember liking heavy rain and i remember liking beyond two souls indigo prophecy I came at later once people were like, "Oh, it's amazing, cult classic, and stuff." And then I am all up in the aesthetic, so I was just like, "These polygons look like shit. I'm out."
0: Because yeah. <laughs> that's the problem yeah. with basing a game on an aesthetic that it doesn't age well, yeah. necessarily. It yeah, truth. Yeah. It's true. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: all right. Well, is there any any kind of last things anyone wants to bring up? We're sort of going on a an hour and a half now. Well, how are we going the, on our uh, lists of things? I've all actually... of the
3: all of the punk stuff I was gonna talk about was um, like I think there's a couple punk derivatives that are inherently cyberpunk. Uh, at least sometimes, solar punk can be. Mm. Um, nanopunk definitely is, I think, and. Um, steampunk i have seen maybe one time <laughs> something like that <laughs> um, what is it? steampunk is like i've seen oh, it once steampunk. Steampunk. yeah, not, steampunk. Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to be confused with that one but i in this like research for this i found like so many punk uh labels i mm-hmm. can only assume as going with the movements tangent of just trying to be, you know selling stuff very well <laughs> as a commodity and so there's like diesel punk uh deco punk atom punk pith punk
0: um, yeah, what is pith punk
3: yeah i, I have an article because <laughs> <laughs> there's so many that i was like wow so there's so many pith with I a y, right
0: not pith with an i so it's not about helmets not no some, yeah like, st- <laughs> steampunk but oh, focused weird. on the nitty-gritty coalface of actual murdering colonized people <laughs> some yeah
3: where oh hmm. i wonder if i just miswrote it or something I, I, <laughs> you I, heard it, I it here first
0: pith punk invented by fraser simons <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're really pithy
0: then you <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's way better than my one <laughs> yeah
2: i i
3: yeah. I don't know. I thought it was in this article, but, uh, maybe I was browsing a whole bunch of different ones. There's even like myth punk, hmm. um, that I saw, so I don't know. There's a lot of different things. So no wonder with all of these derivatives, it's hard for people to, to know if, you know, cyberpunk is still a thing or not really.
0: So here's my, here's my hot take, uh, hmm. punk is the uh is to genres as gate is to is to politics <laughs> like it's just you just oh i've got a thing i'll just slap a punk at the end of it and that's my genre like oh it's a it's a problematic political thing i'll just slap a gate at the end of it and that's my that's my scene
3: <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> that sounds
2: about right oh yeah.
0: yeah like cuz i mean there's some legitimate stuff but also i mean yeah it sounds cool so yeah. it, in some way it's like the long afterlife of the aesthetic of cyberpunk
3: well i've yeah i've even seen like i've talked to a lot of people that don't know what cyberpunk is like my mm-hmm. parents didn't know what cyberpunk was but yeah the it, it was good marketing that's for sure <laughs> yeah
0: but it's definitely yeah. one of those things that had a big effect on like culture generally uh yeah but outside of like subtle subgenres like role-playing games, where cyberpunk as a genre label was still a vibrant thing, from inception to now. Like it's yeah, it's less. It, it doesn't have as much of a profile as cyberpunk. I think.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Pretty weird. I yeah. guess because it's a subgenre of science fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sci-fi self, is like a minority kind of.
1: Yeah, except for like Star Wars, I
0: guess.
3: <laughs> yeah, when there's even like it's it seems just a lot harder for people to define and talk about genre because so many people can contribute to it now. Like,
2: yeah.
3: like solar punk is also sometimes referred to as eco punk or eco fiction or climate fiction mm-hmm. or cli fi and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah that's what i just call it because it's easier but uh <laughs> there's like you don't want people are punny. probing around this eco fiction bubble thing happening yeah. right now it's so difficult for them to define it which is why i thought the anthology was so good because at mm-hmm. least it's trying to it's like trying to cultivate a whole bunch of different voices from all over the place like the authors are from all spectrums and from all over the world and uh I think that does a lot more to define the genre than the five white guys who are like, this is what it is. I wonder so, if we'll
0: find that 20 years from now, people look back on that anthology in the same way that you can look back on Mirror Shade, the Mirror Shade yeah. anthology now, and you're like, man, they thought all of this was the same genre? That is yeah. some weird <laughs> shit. Because that is a diverse set of stories, that is for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that's why the, the motif, I think, is a helpful way to think about cyberpunk whereas the introduction to mirror shades is and then your subsequent reading of it is like not very helpful because it's more of like a who's who i think that introduction
0: actually is the best part like in terms of you want to think about what cyberpunk is the genre the the introduction where um uh where sterling lays it out lays out his kind of like little brief manifesto i think that's Mm -hmm. the best in in, part and in some ways there's some good stories in there as well some good cyberpunk stories and some good <laughs> stories that i wouldn't really consider cyberpunk but that yeah exactly really good. <laughs> exactly that's
3: why it's like not as helpful because he's like he mentions authors where you're kind of like that's not neither here nor there sterling <laughs> <laughs> and then when you read the that anthology you're just like what?
0: yeah i mean it really does show that at that point like the way that they conceived of the movement and cyberpunk was as a collection of people and whatever they were doing and their kind of like political motives of pushing back against what mainstream sci-fi was doing yeah
1: yeah yeah it's like the sword and sorceress uh compilations you know existed and uh, Mm -hmm. feminist uh fantasy things that were trying to create their own compilations and genres but they're just kind of like all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Compilations. <laughs> Compila- yeah. Is it is, is cyberpunk a compilation genre?
0: <laughs> Whole genres are compilation genres. <laughs> you know what
3: I
1: mean, though? Like, it doesn't, uh, the touch points, but it doesn't, yeah. I, don't
3: know. Okay. <laughs> I think the um, the other thing that was interesting about it is it's heralded as such a, a Boys Club, because they were such an insular group that didn't talk about what they were doing except with other people. Like, for instance, for like ten years, people were like, "Oh, you suck because you don't cite uh, your your sources of of inspiration within science fiction. But what then later, when they were in actually interviewed by other people, they they did all the time, right? Mm-hmm. they said they were like, there was this attitude that they, didn't like any contemporary sci-fi and also um not give any credit to even feminist uh science fiction which later on they were like that was the foundation of everything (laughs) (laughs) have you heard about jacking in (laughs) you
2: know
3: (laughs) so yeah it's it's weird about how much uh assumptions were drawn about mm-hmm. it just because it was the inception of uh the internet and they couldn't like talk to these people readily enough that so many different versions of what cyberpunk was became uh predominant. Like mm-hmm. I-, I read an academic essay from the person who knew the the um the person who translated neuromancer, which is seminal apparently in Japan because the person that translated it decided to use a specific dialect that they hadn't used Mm -hmm. before um, marrying kanji with uh, something else that was sort of like a youthful way of communicating Hmm. uh, the Japanese language. And it was the first one to kind of receive this and make it mainstream. So um, there was a reaction within Japanese science fiction uh, artists and A whole, like, the whole movement kind of splattered against uh, Japan because this useful person made this interpretation of the text, and then it just sort of like blew up. And because of the nature of translation, it blew up out there like four years later, right?
2: And
3: and by then, like, people were counting down the days of uh, cyberpunk, whereas in Japan, it just blew up right now. And so that's why, you know, the the globalization aspects of cyberpunk is interesting because you know sterling or whoever it was i can't remember who it was uh did that famous thing where they're like cyberpunk is over you know like we're shuttering the gates etc cetera, etc cetera, probably sterling and uh and that's uh, as soon as they did that he she and it came out Trouble at her friends came out uh, a whole bunch of different um eclectic stories came out of the motifs that they had made and uh, feminist authors actually decided to make you know feminist cyberpunk fiction so yeah i forgot what i was talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, all right well
0: that seems like it's probably a good place to leave it in <laughs>
3: <laughs> we'll just, we'll just end with looking stupid. I
0: should have just faded out while you were talking and just slowly brought uh, down the that a great rant. <laughs> That would have been good. And and rants are very much a part of uh very much a part of Cyberpunk and the and the, the way that <laughs> yeah. the uh true the, story. The movement does its things. Uh all right, so um shall we uh shall we sign off then uh in reverse order. So banana freezer okay. <laughs>
4: Hi, I'm Banana, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. I am the owner of Game in a Curry, and I'm publishing a Judge dread game. Judge Dredd. No.
0: <laughs> you should just you should have that mask. That Judge Dredd mask. So <laughs> oh, yeah. whenever you do that, you can be like Judge dread game.
4: <laughs> it's a little hard to. See <laughs> well,
0: you could just glasses, like, sort but... of hold it in front of. Yeah, okay. <laughs> When's that coming out, by the way?
4: It's being released in September, September. Uh, hopefully, if everything goes well um, if not then the next month
0: whatever right. cool <laughs> fingers crossed i'm excited to hear about it
4: yeah i'll send so. you all a copy yes <laughs> <laughs> this is why it was my true purpose for me <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: cool.
2: all
3: right, uh, fraser. i'm fraser simons you can find me at fraser simons at pretty much everywhere and you can read my blog posts at least once per week at consumingcyberpunk.com as i continue to navigate um cyberpunk academia and review things uh, upgrade review just went up today and last week those cyberpunk 101 posts went up so I'm, I'm doing the things sweet
2: good.
1: uh and i'm kira um you can find me on twitter at kira nazi where you can See all my projects that I'm working on. I'm currently swamp deep in um, a David Lynch style larp that I'm working on that's going to be kickstarted next week. so
2: hey.
1: it's really cool and dark if you like David Lynch. If you like Twin Peaks or Mulholland Drive yes. blue, blue Velvet and Personal Horror.
0: <laughs> can I just say uh completely on brand your uh, your section of the screen Can I just say how completely on brand your section of the screen is right now? Oh, just yeah. completely black except for you and your face highlighted and then an open door in the middle distance. Yes, yeah,
1: Bob could be back there watching be. me yeah. hanging out.
0: Well Twin hopefully Peaks he's not spoilers. Bob, stay away, Bob.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: it's
0: fine I welcome all black lives my apartment <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic um, and I'm Hamish uh, Peregrine Kiwi on Twitter and also on Twitch this is my Twitch channel where I stream things uh, top quality gaming content <laughs> uh, usually involving me dying a lot when I do things incorrectly like fail to trank someone Uh <laughs> All right. Um, so that's that's another that's another showing. You know, hit this transition button. See so you all later out in internet land. Thanks for the questions and the comments and the checking on the audio. Ooh.
3: Bye. Fight me on her if you want.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, fight Fraser on her.